0: Greetings, welcome to the Golf Betting System podcast. It's episode 271. This is 2023 3M Open Bets pod. Barry O'Hanrahan and Paul Williams join me, Steve Bamford, to discuss our selection for this week's PGA Tour action from Minnesota. Good morning, gents. Morning, guys. Morning, guys. Please subscribe to this podcast as you drive the popularity of the show. This podcast is for listeners of 18 and above. Please BeGambleAway. You can visit BeGambleAway.org for more information. And of course, please bet responsibly. Visit our world-famous golf betting system website where we have my in-depth betting preview for the 3M. Strokes gained rankings for the 3M. Course form statistics combined with current form stats in one easy-to-look-at sheet. Plus, of course, our brand-new spanking predictor model. All of this content, like this podcast, it's all completely free of charge. There's no paywall. On Twitter, Barry is at a good talk golf. Paul is at golf betting. I am at Bamford Golf. Subscribe to the Steve Bamford Golf YouTube channel where this podcast is available along with my weekly golf betting show. Now, you guys as listeners power this podcast. So we need your five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts as ever for those of you who leave a review. I will read them out at the start of a future show. Leave your name where you are in the review. Keep the reviews coming. Right this one is entitled Pucker Pod. Five stars. Always listen to this before the majors to get some insight but started listening to this for some of the minors. I've backed Aberg as a round one winner. As a result as things stand what a tip keep up the good work lads. That was clearly when he was ripping it up at the Rocket Mortgage a few weeks ago mm. when that was written. That is from Millwall Yuppie, and he is in the UK. Thank you, Millwall.
2: Brilliant stuff, and yeah, nice to hear you getting some uh, some positive results from it. Long may they continue.
0: I think Aberg might be popular this week for the 3M mm. Open. Just a bit. A rather, oh, a rather uh, good driver of the golf ball. All right, let's talk Open Championship, shall we? Yes. I I can't recall. Shoot me down if I'm wrong here. I can't recall when we've actually picked an Open Championship winner. Talk, talk oh. us through it. Is that true? The I, I, I've never won a bean on it. I just throw loads of money away at it, and it was the same this year. So,
1: Was I God. back? Was I doing this when Stenson won?
0: Were you? No, I think we hadn't started the podcast at that point. Okay, you had right, Stenson. Was that? I think that was fifteen, wasn't it? Sixteen, I think. Sixteen? No, we started this later than that. Yeah. Well,
2: we yeah. all managed to dodge uh, Brian. Harman, anyway, we, we
0: managed. Yeah, we dodged Brian Harmon at one hundred and ten to one. This one. Oh.
1: He was. I mean, look, he was his for, his recent form was very good, but with one, what, one Open Championship result under his belt that was a good one. Uh, yeah. He was missable, I suppose, and we proved that true. I'm sure there were a lot of people that had him as an outsider.
2: Yeah. I, I, there the are two ways to look at this, because um, Steve and I, I forget whether we talked about him or mentioned him on the uh, preview pod or just chatted about him before. Um, mm. But when he was playing the Scottish... He finished 12th in the end of the Scottish, but when he finished, he was playing playing reasonably well at the Scottish. And you could see the combination of current form, you know, second at the Travellers. I wasn't on him back at the uh, Travellers when he finished second. ninth Mm. for the Rocket Mortgage. So decent decent enough incoming form. Sixth the previous year at the Open. Yeah, to your point, Barry, um, I think he's got... Prior to that, I think he had two top 10 finishes at majors for something like 27, Mm. 30 kind of starts. It was a lot of starts and, you know, just a sporadic, odd, decent performance. But enough punters during the course of the Scottish Open were looking at their price because he was kind of 200, 250 to one in running uh, for the Open Championship. And it was just getting bluer and bluer and bluer on the odds checker. So by the time we get there, on Monday morning, everyone's looking at hundreds one or thereabouts, and you, you're suddenly thinking, "Well, that's that's not the right price." Because Brian Harmon, if I was being offered 150, two hundred to one, two hundred and fifty to one, yeah, that's a fantastic outsider. That's a fantastic each way punt. Um, but the value's already gone. The value's disappeared. And you know, I, I looked at it. I'm sure Steve looked at it, looking at the the the, the, the longer prices. Yeah. and he, That's he where we of, missed him. Yeah.
0: I missed him on the long shots piece. That was that was the piece. Um, I went for I, Connors at 100 to one was my lowest. So it was Connors, Harmon. Uh, I went didn't I? McCarthy and one other that's completely past my life. oh Russell Henley. You were right, Baron. Um, <laughs> the the the, the, um, the five the five hot numbers to to really get behind there were those three plus Harmon and Sep Strucker. So they're the two that did us. Sepstracker Tracker was 200 to 1, by the way, with bet 365 as of Monday yeah. Isn't morning. Isn't that a price mismatch? Sheet. Yeah. 200 to 1 Monday morning when Paul was pulling his tips piece together and I was pulling my long shots piece together in my barracuda tips. He was 200
2: to 1, Sepstracker. Tracker. That was the one that I missed. Given he'd won his previous start. Um,
0: to be honest Paul as well I should throw Siwoo Kim in there because I was seriously considering yeah. him who actually started quite well yeah it did it so did there were six and... that I had interest in and clearly I chose completely the wrong three yeah. and if I was being 100% honest I think Siwoo Kim would have been the next one in as well so I, yeah, maybe I was never <laughs> going to pick Harmon and the, the Strucker but yeah I thought it was a good tournament clearly it favoured um, accuracy off the tee and what were we saying I just didn't realise that you know, someone that hits it 280, 280 and dead straight would have the... The thing was, he was just putting so well. He was glorious. The putting was amazing, wasn't it?
2: Yeah.
0: The thing as well that got me, for a guy that hadn't won for such a length of time, there was barely any wobbles. It was mm. absolutely ice cold.
2: I don't know. He just got himself into the lead and um, he was just it was just measured... In, you know, assured golf, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. really impressive in what were, particularly on Sunday, in filthy conditions out there. Uh, but strokes game positive in all categories. And as you said, the putter, first for strokes game putting, that was ultimately the differential between him and everyone else. The fact that, that he only went in two bunkers all week as well, just managed his game. And I think with Royal Liverpool, in some ways, it's fairly one dimensional. You, yeah. if you if you can manage your game so in such a way that you are just slowly edging forward and while other people are taking chances and making mistakes and then taking two steps back if you're continually edging forward then it's very very difficult for anyone to come at you and so it proved you know Harmon didn't have to do anything magical over the weekend to no. uh, to maintain that position he was just there and when there was a mistake, he just rectified it the next hole or a couple of holes later. And um, you know, anyone looking at where he was would have to take an incredible chance to to attempt to catch him up. And it's you know you, you find a bunker there or you find some of the deeper rough, and um, that's it. It's, it's game over.
0: His strokes gained numbers in are absolutely the same as Cameron Smith's from St Andrews on my sheet in front of me. So, Smith was 28 to 1, Harmon 110 to 1, granted. But both had found something with the driver at the Scottish Open. Mm. So, Smith ranked 14th for off the tee, Harmon 20th. Again, they're not the longest, but that proves that they were pretty straight at the Scottish Open. And then you look at the approach play, the around the green game, the tee to green game, nothing there stands out at all, but. Smith was 4th for strokes game putting in Scotland. Harmon was ninth for strokes game putting. And Smith was 10th. Harmon was 12th. And they both ranked in the top 25 across my 8-week rolling stats. These are all 8-week rolling stats for mm-hmm. strokes gained total. Smith was 17th. Harmon was 24th in the field. So, yeah. That... that I don't know if that's going to be, a, because I've only started this strokes gain in the last few years, so that's they're the only two opens I've got. I don't know if that's going to be a regular thing, but I mean, they pretty much mirror image each other. I mean, Brian Harmon to a certain extent, is very Cameron Smith-like, isn't he? It's more short game and fantastic approach on shorter golf courses. Yeah. You know, they're certainly not powerful off the tee, and, and you know no. they're, they're, if they are going to gain strokes off the tee, it's... The, the rare occasion in Smith's case when they're, they're actually straight
2: mm. yeah
0: But anyway. I mean he oh by the way that, that, that was another winner that was in that top uh, echelon for strokes gained putting mm. prior to a major that now goes all the way back still to Phil Mickelson PGA Championship so yeah Scotty Scheffler
2: uh-uh. go on Barry
1: I was just saying, like, going back to him not giving anybody a chance. I mean, he, make, he makes no doubles all week. He makes six bogeys in total, and five of those were on the weekend rounds when he already had a big lead. That meant everybody had to press and press and press. So I mean, things could have gone a bit iffy for him after his little early wobbles in th- round three and four, but he just locked it down with birdies and just kept so tidy. It was just a, a banner, a banner week all round. Just his week. Yeah,
2: yeah. and uh, Steve and I met up for a, a quick hack on uh, on Friday or Friday morning. We were talking about Harmon because he was playing well at the time, um, and if there was any prospect of wind over the weekend. But if there had have been, and you know, it was relatively calm, even though it was, um, you know, it was wet. Um, even if there had been a lot of wind, Harmon was a is a great wind player. So you know, it, even that wouldn't have. Potentially scuppered him, so yeah, nah, it, it, it was his week.
0: As we were playing golf, it, we got we got back and had a um, a reviving drink after our a round of nine, and he'd already stretched the lead to how well, He was leading by five or six when we were in the clubhouse, yeah, something like that. Mm. So, because. Yeah, I just well played to Brian Harmon. I tell you what, it does do, and I, I just want to go through this in detail. Uh, congratulations to those of you on Brian Harmon. That was a, a fantastic bet, so well done. But it really, really, I, I, I want to go through some. We're, we're now out of the majors, so it's just important to talk through with punters because I'm always the kind of person who looks for motivators. Why a player is going to play well in a particular week? So let's we're going to go through a few ramifications here. We have got the Ryder Cup. And this is the, we've got this week at the 3M Open and we've then got next week at the Wyndham Championship and then we're into the playoffs on the PGA Tour. So these are kind of motivating factors, right? Brian Harmon has now jumped to three in Zach Johnson's Ryder Cup qualifications for Team USA. So he's really put the cat amongst the pigeons because I don't care. What you tell me, there was no way, unless Brian Harmon took out two of the final three FedEx Cup events, that Brian Harmon was getting in that team, and now he's absolutely cemented, because there's no way that Brian Harmon isn't going to get a pick, even. Because basically, Brian Harmon, Sea Island guy, Zach Johnson, Sea Island guy, they both live around the corner from each other, I expect. So there's no way Harmon's not getting a pick. And actually, looking at it, he's going to qualify anyway. Scheffler at one, Clark at two, Brian Harman at three. Who'd have said... I mean, if you'd have even said that three weeks ago, Clark Mm. two, Harman three in automatic qualification for Team USA. You'd go, That's no chance of that. Kepka at four, a live player. You've then got Xander at five, Cantlay at six. So they're in the team as it stands. We've still got three large... FedEx Cup events coming in the playoffs. Right. Then we get to the interesting part. Homer is 7. I bet you're screwing, aren't you Barry? The first time that Homer's contended in a major and you weren't on it.
1: Well, it's good it's good that um it, I got an early freak out moment where he was going well on day 1 and um there thereabouts um it, it, you know Homer didn't get it done this time, but I think that's a that's a good next step, and you know, adding pieces to the puzzle, and, and it was yeah. necessary. Maybe it's kind of hard to go from a not you know non-contending history in majors to to winning one. So I think this is a this is a good next thing to happen, and he's got a you know twenty twenty three. Then has to go down as not a very successful year, but you know, it's a good check box checked. Right, let's see let's see what happens next year. Completely agree.
0: And it wasn't a Patrick Cantley backdoor top 10. He was actually mm. in contention mm-hmm. from Thursday onwards. He was always there or thereabouts. Agreed. So, homer 7, Cam Young 8, Spieth at 9, Bradley at 10. He's another one that's put the cat amongst the pigeons, Keegan Bradley. Then you've got Colin. <laughs> it's crazy, this really. Colin Morikara 11, Ricky Fowler 12. Then outside the top 12, Burns, JT, McCarthy, Kitayama, Tony Finau at 19. (laughs) Wow. So you'd presume if that top six stayed the same, Homer would definitely get a pick. Spieth would definitely get a pick. You're presuming Morikawa gets a pick. So that's nine. Do you think Fowler would definitely get a pick for the 10th pick? And that's then leaving the question between Cam Young... Keegan Bradley, Sam Burns, Justin Thomas who's like the vice captain of the whole team, Tony
2: Fino. One of them's got to hold the hand up and throw some, show some decent form. Or a I, think, got I, I yep. think
1: Fowler I think Fowler's getting a pick. I mean he's Yeah. He's one of the the top 8 10 golfers this year. Um, in the world, so you know, take away the, you know, anybody from the rest of the world, he's now top five or six golfers in, you know, the US for the year. So, I mean, JT doesn't, is not on the team right now, no. unless, unless something dramatic happens in, he, he needs to win and have another, you know, and, and not, and not, <clears throat> it not be a blip on the radar. I can't see how he gets picked now at the moment. I mean, Cameron Young didn't have a great Sunday, but that's that's the kind of put your hand up. Um, mm. To at least now, let's see what he does over the next couple of weeks. But that 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 might kickstart him because we were saying a couple of weeks ago, Steve, you were right and said like Cameron Young is, is kind of faltering a bit from maybe. Oh, no back. diving, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah.
0: That's the thing with Cam Young. If Cam <laughs> Young's not playing good golf. He doesn't get picked, so Mm. I I said to Paul, I cannot believe, and this guy was at the top of my list to be tipped up this week, I cannot believe that Sam Burns isn't playing 3M Open this week. There you go. Now, whether he's had the nudge, or because Sam Burns is 13th in qualification, yes, he won the world match play, granted, but he's no automatic for me. I don't think it's an automatic for a pick when you've got no. the likes of Morikawa needs a pick, Fowler needs a pick, JT would need a pick, Finau would need a pick. All it needs is for JT and Finau to find something in the playoffs and they will get picks.
2: But if you came down to decisions between Burns and JT and you've got Burns as the match played champion and you've got JT who's, you know, is absolutely nowhere form-wise at the moment. Yeah,
0: I said that he needed to find form. JT. Pretty If he finds something over the next four weeks that he's going to be playing. Mm. Although two of those are guaranteed and the other two aren't guaranteed.
2: See what I mean? It's going to have to be pretty dramatic from where he is right now. Yeah, absolutely.
0: We've seen it though. Sometimes with these guys, once their back's against the wall and they're almost embarrassed by what's happening, all of a sudden there's a bit of focus. Rather than Mm. focusing on a wedding or moving house or... Whatever they've been doing over the last nine months, all of a sudden, oh, wow. Because we saw saw Tony Finau, if you remember. He won in New York, didn't he, or New Jersey a few years ago when he needed a result. Bang. He did the same last year. He wasn't on the team. Then all of a sudden, he won the 3M Open, the Rocket Mortgage in consecutive weeks. But I don't see Tony Finau from a year ago and Justin Thomas on the same planet because JT's in all sorts of trouble right now. Finau was playing some reasonable golf heading into his two victories yeah. last year. Yeah, yeah. Hence why he was 14-1 favourite for the 3M Open.
1: Mm.
0: Hmm. Interesting. Well, I'll tell you what then. I also want to talk, I'm not going to talk Team Europe because that looks pretty solid now. McEnroy, Rahm, McIntyre, Hovland, Hatton, Fleetwood, Fitzpatrick, Straka, Shane Lowry, Justin Rose, Adrian Moronk look pretty solid. I think you're going to have a debate over who's that 12th player in. Would it be a Seamus Power? Would it be a Alex Noren? So there's there's lots of... Would it be a Rasmus Hoygaard? Yeah, or Nikolai. Or Nikolai. Or Aaron Rye, if he won this week. Very popular again, Aaron Rye. Mm. So there's plenty up for that. I just want to go through some boundaries on the PGA Tour. Right, because it's changed this year. Top 70 after the Wyndham Championship get to play the big money FedEx Cup playoffs. Only the top 70. Previous it was 125. So the big cutoff, players need to get into the top 70 to be playing the Northern Trust. uh, FedEx St Jude. Sorry, the FedEx St Jude Championship. JT and Shane Lowry are both outside the top 70 right now. Hence why you're finding Justin Thomas <laughs> on Friday of last week uh, phoning up or getting his agent to phone up the 3M tournament organizer and going, Can you save me a save me a seat on your charter flight? Uh, we're coming to Minnesota. Yeah. Uh Also, there's a boundary within that top 70. There's two boundaries. Clearly, top 30 after the BMW go and play the East Lake Tour Championship. Again, another massive money event. But there's also a top 50 now because top 50 after the BMW are guaranteed spots in all of the designated events in 2024. I think also in the latter part of 2023. Because the PGA Tour season doesn't start until 2024. Yeah, yeah we won't get yeah. down that route. So there's two big boundaries: top, well, three, top 30, top 50, top 70. So if you see players 51 through 70 right now, they they would love to get in that top 50 because they're going to all the big tournaments mm. post yeah. Tour Championship. And then, of course, you get your standard scramble for top 125. Top 125, you keep your card. For the 2024 season, the one difference to note is the top 125 qualification does not finish until after the RSM Classic in November. And then, as of the Century Tournament of Champions, the new season will start in 2024. So you're gonna get a whole host of players. Yeah, it's not I don't think it's funny recently you're seen starting to see Cam Champ put some results together. Eric Van Royen popped up with the top seven last week. Players that are duly in the uh, poo poo with their uh PJ tour win exemptions falling off a cliff, they need to start banging results now. Alex Naren was another one. He he's clearly got Ryder Cup on his mind, but he I don't believe Alex Naren's in the top seventy yet for the playoffs. So you've got all of these internal, you know, um, hurdles that need to be jumped for different players. Mm. Different categories of um, different categories of motivating circumstances effectively.
2: Yeah.
0: It's gonna focus some minds. Ab- absolutely, yeah. That takes us on to the three M open. As I said, I don't believe JT would be playing this if he was having a standard season and he was in the top five on the FedEx Cup play, play uh, uh, you know, um, standings. He clearly wouldn't. So uh, it's an interesting field on that basis. Um, we've also seen <clears throat> quite a considerable movement in the favourites here because Tony Finau was favourite when they first chalked up the prices, and I'm seeing him drifting quite vigorously now out to 16 to one in certain places and Sun Jae Im's being backed into favoritism. So we've, we've got quite a big move at the top of the market. So the 3M Open is this week's event. Clearly it's happening in Minnesota. In terms of best bookmaker for the 2023 3M Open, we're highlighting Bet365, who has ever. They have their each way extra market available. That gives you the option to increase or decrease the number of places which you are betting pre-event on the 3M outright market. So I've used their eight places each way at 50 odds market on three of my five selections that we put up yesterday. Right now, as we record the pod, they are offering extended market best odds and eight places each way on market leaders such as Kamyun 14 to 1, Matsuama 18 to 1. Grio 25 to 1. Who the 48? Emiliano Grio at 25 to 1. Cam Davis 33 to 1. Hadwin 40 to 1. Aaron Rye 45 to 1. They also have the canny Swede Alex Noren, 66 to 1 as opposed to 40 to 1 with Skybet. Both of those prices are 8 places each way. We recommend Bet365 if you're at 18 plus and do not have a Bet365 sports account. You can find details of their current bet 10 pounds, get 30 pounds in free bets. New customer promotion. Put a link through to that very author with T's and C's in the podcast description. Don't forget to use the bonus code SPORT30. SPORT30 when registering. Now, the 3M Open. I think this is our uh, fifth renewal. They used to play this on the seniors tour, year in, year out. So we've got quite a lot of course history. You've got players... Of the ilk. Kenny Perry used to dominate around here. Mm. Uh, Joe Durant. And Paul guidos The kind of players that could score heavily. Uh, those guys were. I do like um, just looking at those players. And where they played well in their PGA Tour history. Just to get some kind of view on that. Um, I don't think that hurts from a correlating course perspective. Now, this is the most, unless I've got my geography completely wrong, and I was looking on Google Maps yesterday, this is the most (coughs) northerly tournament in the United States. In fact, it's the most northerly tournament in North America. It's actually further north than when they play the Canadian Open in Toronto. So it's right up there. And you do get some incredible temperatures here in the summer. So TPC Twin Cities... It's in Blaine, Minnesota. It's an Arnold Palmer design. We have got an Arnold Palmer variable on our uh, on our Predictor model this week, for those who want to look at players that play well on Palmer designs. It had a renovation in 2018 just to lengthen it for the PGA Tour. Uh, I categorise it as a mid-score event. It tends to be high teens. Uh, Medium length golf course. Although it's touching, touching long in length, but I categorise it as just about medium. Uh, 7,431 yards. It's a par 71. Number of holes with water in play, 15. 15 holes with genuine water in play. That's interesting, especially when we're coming from an event last week where out of bounds and hideous penalties off the tee were also a feature fairways bent grass rough blue grass with fescue four inches in length it isn't really a problem the greens are large six and a half thousand square feet average featuring bent grass tournament stimp tends to be 12 i don't know if i believe that but i tell you why i say that This tournament this week, again, will feature no temperatures during the week of less than 33 degrees Celsius, and on Mm. a number of the days, it's over 40 degrees Celsius. So they will have the hoses out, big style, on the green complexes. Yeah, got to keep them alive. Minnesota Fire Brigade, they're going to be all over the course. Only on the greens, so I think this is going to be the perfect set, really you're going to have fairways that got plenty of roll on them and you're going to have greens where the ball just stops yeah. because otherwise they'll lose the greens within days if they're not watering yeah. them amazingly amount. So yeah, that's where we're at. TPC Twin Cities. It seems to be a course for me that suits Bombers, but I don't think that's exclusive. And I heard Rick Gaiman talking about this in his show for yesterday. If you actually look at the driving distance numbers here, Taking Finau, Champ, Thompson, and Wolf. they average out as twenty-sixth in the field of those that made the cut for driving distance. Even Finau last week, he was three-eleven off the tee, which was sixteenth in the field. So he's not absolutely going full full gun. Uh, Matthew Wolf, I mean, he's a pure bomber, and he ranked thirty-sixth for driving distance the week he won. Yeah, so it's like you're taking something, you're taking something off the driver, but keeping it straight.
2: Well, if it's going to be fairly firm on the fairways, then the shorter guys are going to be able to get some decent uh, drives out there anyway, and yep. uh, you know the longer guys potentially are going to be running off of the fairways if they're uh, you know one way or the other because it, it's, it's not like a, a soft fairway that's just going to hold the ball up; it's just going to run so. through. So, not from what and
0: it doesn't look like there's much of a chance of rain from like t- through no. the whole of tournament week. It's all sub fifty percent. If there is rain here, it's always linked to thunderstorms, so they will come off the course. Uh, The fairway is quite wide as well, Paul. Hmm. Uh, They're 31 yards wide at 300 yards carry. Saying that, they're not actually as wide as what we saw at uh, TPC Deer Run a few weeks at the John Deere Classic, where they were 36 yards wide at 300. And that's on a golf course that's very, very short. This is a lot longer. So, yeah, I I don't know. There's some there's something in there about long, straight driving's a winner, but, you know, we say that every week. Um, th- there's different sorts of one, this, as well. Finau clearly can get it out there. Champ's just a pure bomber. Wolf is a pure bomber, even though he didn't bomb it the week he won. Um, but then you get Michael Thompson in there, who was 290 off the tee, but dead straight, and hit tonnes of greens. So I don't, think, I don't think you can rule out completely here and just say, right, I'm going through the list here. Um, I'm going through the list in betting order. I don't think you can just say, oh, well, it's going to be Cam Young, Tony Fee now, JT. You know, well, Cam Davis is a bomber. Lucas Aberg's a bomber. Woodland's a bomber. I don't think it's as simple as just putting up a full list of bombers and being done with it. I think others have got a chance of winning this as well. I'm looking for players that are hitting the ball straight at the moment and even players that can just hit hit greens and have got red-hot putters. Because that's kind of where Thompson was at. Thompson, when he won this, was in the top five for Strokes game putting across my eight-weeks tracker numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Absolutely nowhere for any other skill factor apart from the fact that he was hitting some fairways and my, and if he, when he was hitting greens, he was making tons of putts. So I think that's in play this week as well. And that's kind of where I got to in my, and I've kind of mixed it up. I've put a couple of bombers in there and I've actually put some players that are just in bloody good nick right now. And I do like this motivating factor as well. Here you go. This, for me, is something that we need to look at. I'm looking at the last four winners of the post-Open Championship event back in North America. Mm -hmm. So these are different tournaments. Uh, One is the Canadian Open. One is the... There was a WGC the week after a Open a few years ago. Good idea. They all had to fly back to Southwind. Yeah. I from the UK. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then there's two 3M opens. So DJ. He missed the cut of the open, and before that he'd finished third and first. He was number two in the world. Uh, Brooks Kepka, he'd finished fourth at Royal Port Rush. They all got on the charter flight out of Ireland. He then won at St Jude. He'd finished first that year at the PGA Championship in May. So Players that have actually won a tournament, you can't rule them out of out of at all. I mean, this 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 is screaming on a Sep Strucker. Yeah, these numbers are screaming Sep Strucker, aren't they? Cameron Champs a little bit out there. He ranked 123 in the world. I believe he was outside the top 125 in the FedEx Cup as well, like he is now. He finished 11th the week before at uh, the outing before. Sorry, at the John Deere Classic. Champs live this week, undoubtedly. And then last year, we got Tony Finau. Now, Tony Finau needed some results to get into the President's Cup team. He'd finished 13th at the Travellers and 28th at the Open Championship. He was 17th in the world. So there's three of the last four who were elite sorts that were either playing bloody good golf or needed a victory in the case of Fina. That pointed me straight to Cam Young. So I backed Cam Young at 14-1. So I'm backing him at the same price. I backed Ricky at Rocket Mortgage a few weeks ago. For me, if there's one guy in the field that this course, sort, course suits to a tee, it's Cam Young. Amazing from tee to green last week. Couldn't chip, couldn't putt. You then look at his outing at the John Deere Classic two weeks prior to that. Could chip, could putt, just couldn't get the job done. And yeah, we know that Cam Young's got issues in terms of winning. But you actually look at when he won on the Corn Ferry, very, very reminiscent of what's happening here. He seems to be the sort that needs to be banging on the door a number of times and eventually the win comes, just looking at his history on the Corn Ferry. And actually on the Corn Ferry, when he did win, he won the week i think the outing after that as well so he actually went bang bang win win on the corn ferry now those those actual wins are quite interesting because one came in illinois and one came in missouri so you know geographically pretty much in the same location where we are right now in minnesota for me he's always been the salt met Grass greens hits it a mile cut a frustrated figure on sunday uh, when he was out there with Brian Harmon. But at the end of the day, you know he's in. he was in second place at the Open Championship. The one thing with Cam Young, and I just love this motivating factor, he knows if he can just keep the foot to the metal, potentially get his first maiden win this week, he's going to be on the Ryder Cup team. If he completely falls off a cliff and struggles over the next four to five weeks, he might not be on the Ryder Cup team. So, he, you know, he's just a motivated player. So I took Cam Young 14-1 to at, t- at the top of the market. I think he's going to go off second favourite. I think Sung Jae going to go off of the favourite. Yeah, it looks that way. And actually, you look at Sung Jae Im, you look at Tony Finau, you look at Justin Thomas, there's three players there across my eight-week strokes game metrics that are barely appearing. So that, to me, was something that didn't really appeal to me when I'm backing short prices. I mean, Cam Young is ranking 8th for tee to green across the last eight weeks on my statistics. He's in the top 25 for strokes gain total. And Tony Finau isn't. Sung Jae Im isn't. Justin Thomas is absolutely nowhere near. So it was pretty easy for me, Cam Young, straight I wouldn't have thought this is your price point. Where Where are you guys actually? Where Where are you um, entering the fray this week in terms of your bets?
2: Uh, well, my first one's twenty. Well, twenty eight to one yesterday, twenty five to one now. Then I've got uh, I've got five altogether. One at one at sixty six, and then three longer, three longer prices. Talk
0: us through your twenty-eight to one punt, then, Paul, because my next one's a little bit deeper than that. I think I know um, who it is. I'm going to get
2: pelters for this, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> well, ready. you won't if it wins.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, well, I backed him a few weeks ago and got uh, absolutely hammered for it. And um, I've gone again for Emiliano Grio. Um, he was twenty-eight to one yesterday. I backed him, and um, with eight places, he's been nibbled in twenty-fives right now. But. Uh, second here last year after the open championship played the open missed the cut last year uh, finished second here um it was also third here back in 2020 so likes the course uh, seventh at the heritage won the charles schwab as we know 15th for the travelers um after the uh, the us open that was um, again a uh, you know a high quality designated field and um you know, different dynamic this year, I think. Sixth last week at the Open. He's never really close enough to really uh, to really push Brian Harmon, but that was his best major championship result. Decent metrics. Fifth for strokes going approach. Fifteenth for to Green. Thirteenth for putting last week. I think you put it all together. Um, there are some question marks about a number of the players, as you've described, around him, ahead of him in the market. And... Um, I'm quite happy to take that on it um, with eight places. So, yeah, Griot, Ian, um, if he lets me down this time, then perhaps he will be edging towards a... Uh, edging towards a no bet in the future, but we'll see. I'll give him a chance. And really did play well last week. So...
1: Griot. to look, you, I'm silent. I'd, I mean, if you're looking at metrics and... Maybe his name is blanked out again. Like I said the last time, you're you're gonna back him. So you'd back him, yeah. True. Same with seb know, Strucker as well. It's isn't it? it's the name bias and the history bias that kind of gets in the head. So no. look, but with my recent couple of weeks or however many weeks, um, who might to comment on somebody's picks for a whip for a tournament? So. I, I'm kind of lost. This They're week. the two form guys,
0: aren't they, Grio and Straker? I mean, that's undoubted. Did I see yeah. Straka at forty to one on first show with Bet Three Six Five? Yeah, yeah. If you managed to get forty to forty to one on on Sep Straker, listeners, well done. You must have had a very quick trigger finger. <laughs> that's a crazy price. Yeah. He
1: gets no respect in the market at all, does he?
0: Madness, mate. No, do not do you think game. he's going to be playing in the uh, Ryder Cup,
1: chat? Absolutely. If he's yeah, not on the not? team, if he's not on the team, it's um there's something broken in the system there or the picks, what you know, whatever way it works.
2: Yeah. PJ Tour winner. World number 25. Yeah. Yeah. Decent performance in the open that's a hell of a lot more than some of the players that are below him or may, you know, you're know you talking about potentially getting a pick ahead of him. Nah, he's him.
0: Mm-hmm. It's not as if anything's new. We were talking about him potentially being a Ryder Cup player uh, sort of this stage last year and yeah, then yeah. through the fall. Yep. I mean, I've, I've heard chat that because he's got like a Southern American or Georgian kind of accent, that we'd be wanted on Team Europe. And you just said, what? (laughs)
2: What's What's that got to do with it? (laughs) What's that got to do with it?
0: (laughs) Is he Austrian? Has he got an Austrian passport? Is he eligible to play? If Mm. if there's ticks in all those boxes, you'd take Sepp Strucker, wouldn't you? Yeah. The world number Mm. 25?
2: Yeah.
0: Or would you take... It's not even worth entertaining. I thought you were actually going to say Sepp Strucker, so you've actually surprised me with Greer. You've gone the other room, okay. Where are you at, Barry? Are you are you anywhere in this price point? Or are you a bit deeper this week? I'm I'm lost.
1: I don't know where I. You're am, lost. I'm broken. The, like the majors are over, and I have to wait months now, months and months. So I'm kind of a bit um, despondent right now in this field, and it's just not really pe- pepping me up. I might I might um, I have a couple. I might take a flight go back to lucas glover took a week off after three top 10s in a row um i don't know why but tom Hoagie popped in my head he's playing not so great right now but he was fourth year last year i just yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of a little all over the place i feel like i just I might throw a couple of scatter guns out there and leave it at that
2: can I? I'll back you up with Glover because I've. Um, here's the other one I've backed at so, so sub three figures. Steve, you're talking about Stracker first show, Lucas Glover first show, ninety to one yesterday. What? <laughs> Ninety to one. Ninety to one with uh, Bet Three Six Five, who went out first and he wow. just got um, nibbled isn't the right word, hammered. Um, and uh, I managed to pick him up yesterday at sixty sixes. The we best done, you're getting man. right now is fifty. Yeah, good price. Um, and I think you're probably going to see him. Forty to one and probably be the best price by by the time they start on Thursday. I wish you looking... didn't write content.
0: You'd just sit there on your Bet 365 app, wouldn't you? Just picking up these ridiculous prices. I mean, I saw JT posting yesterday at sixty-six to one on first show.
2: Yeah. Just just tweet out some names at ten thirty in the morning and be done with it. Yeah. But Glover, um, twelve consecutive rounds in the sixties, Barry, that's what caught my eye. Uh, fourth at the Rocket Mortgage, sixth at the John Deere Classic, fifth at the Barbasol. I backed him at the Barbasol and the putter was absolutely stone cold on the Sunday. Otherwise, he'd have won. Uh, he missed the cut last year. He was in awful form coming into this. If you look back, he was seventh here back in 2019. He closed with around a 62. Mm-hmm. Um, he was first for strokes gain approach at the Barbasol, first for strokes gain Tito Green at the Barbasol. It was just the putting. But, We know that he's working with Brad Faxon now on his putting. And if you look at the two efforts before that, fifth and 15th for strokes game putting. So something is percolating with the flat sneak. It's not perfect. It's not the finished article by any stretch, um, but some things are moving in the right direction. And I think if Lucas Glover can marry any of those weeks up with his uh, long game Mm. to a decent putting performance, um, which seems increasingly likely now, then he's just going to blow a field away. And uh, I can see why he's being backed and I can see why he should continue to be backed uh, at, the, at the kind of prices he's still available at. So, yeah, Glover. Glover for me. And uh, I think that could be a canny pick for you, Barry.
0: Glover. I'm just trying to find him on the rankings. He's a 107. So that, that little run he's put together has really helped him to potentially cement his full card for next year. Yeah. But at 107, I think he's only looking one way, isn't he? He's got this, got the Wyndham, get into that top 70, earn some proper money in the the FedEx Cup playoffs. Needs must. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, don't mind Glover. Don't mind him at all. My next tip, I've gone to 40-1. to I'm going for a bit of potential, really. Um, I do like the fact that this guy, his strength tends to be off the tee. I've put put him down as buccaneering off the tee play uh, in my preview. He was 21st at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. When you look at this and you look at these correlating courses, the, the correlation between Detroit and here is unbelievable. Finau went on to win in Detroit the week after winning this. Correct.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Champ has finished twelfth uh, in Detroit. You've also got Matthew Wolf who went to went on to finish second in Detroit. DeChambeau could have won the year that Wolf won here the first time they came here. Finished second. He then went on to win in Detroit. The carryover between Detroit and here is incredible. Um, Morikar was another one to add to that because he got into the playoff with Fowler a few weeks in Detroit and was in the top three here in that 2019 renewal. Adam Hadwin. You can throw loads of players at it. So I like that from Hoygaard. He was 11th going into Sunday. Bear in mind, he's seen all these golf courses for the first time. He's... A special temporary member, he's getting used to the Scott, you know, to the PJ tour vibe, but he's playing some good stuff. 21st at the Rocket Mortgage Classic, he was sixth at the Scottish Open to qualify for the Open. And then last week he was 23rd. And if you look at that course, didn't scream to me Nikolai hoygard No. A course that's all about it was actually keeping it in play, wasn't it? And and just scrambling for pars. 23rd last week and now I think he's going to get off the charter flight and just look at this place and go my god so let me get this straight I've got wide fairways you know I can hit driver when I want I can be aggressive into the par fives it just feels Guard like um, and I think that special temporary membership's kind of boiling off as well because he's. I think he's just about one. He's. If you actually look at where he is in terms of his current position, I think he's just about around about the 100 mark. If you were, they have to finish top 125 in a parallel place to the actual yeah. FedEx Cup. The only way they can get into the FedEx Cup is do what Ask Shay Battier did last week and win a tournament. But yes. I think Heugard, the pressure's off. He's going to be playing PGA Tour golf next year. Um, so I think he can just come here and enjoy himself, and I think that's a dangerous proposition for Nicola. I also saw, Paul, I mean, I think I saw a second in Portugal. It, it just me that on some of the European Tour events where he's done well, there was a lot of water in play on those courses.
2: Yeah, um, I, I think the, the biggest positive with Hoygaard is the way he was talking after um, Rasmus won in uh, in their homeland, but two or right. three weeks ago, because he missed the cut and Rasmus won, didn't he? Yeah, and he he was waiting for him with the champagne on the final hole after the after the lengthy playoff, um, and then talked about it afterwards about how seeing his brother win again has really motivated him you know it's really got his uh, juices flowing and he just wants to get back in the winner's circle and i think it's just focused his mind and we've we've seen him improve his performances i think he's just rained things in a little bit he's mm-hmm. um he, you know he's been more focused and uh you know that that could spell you know, something impending whether that's this week um yeah remains to be seen but i can see why you take a chance
0: this has got absolutely nothing to do with the 3M Open, although he does play. I just wanted to point out, you know, my um, my love affair with Patrick Rogers, who missed out <laughs> in a playoff at um, the Bar- Barracuda mm. on Sunday. That's now 242 PGA Tour starts that he hasn't won him. That's why he's on the post-it note of doom. Just... Uh, I did. I did shake my head when Patrick Rogers started playing well at the Barracuda off a form of miscut, 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 miscut. Mm. But that's Patrick Rogers. I just thought I'd throw that one in there for regulars. Right, JT Poston's next up for me. Forty-five to one, I got with Boyle Sports, eight places each way. He was sixty-six to one when I I started writing the tip. Um, I knew that wouldn't survive, but um, forty-five. I'm quite happy with that. Poston is the sort. He won the Wyndham at 22-under. He won the John Deere Classic last year at 21-under. I don't think that 21-under is going to be too far away from the winning score this uh, this week. And he's had two roles around here, 28th in 2021, 11th in 2022 here at TPC Twin Cities. If you actually look at our strokes gained rankings for the 3M Open, he's 12th in this field for total strokes gained. And I think he's going to take a lot off these two, you know, the last few winners we've had on the PGA Tour. Sepp Struck is one of his guys. He won the John Deere Classic, and uh, Brian Harmon, a Sea Island resident, and that's exactly where JT Poston lives. So you know that that little that little clique of players in that in the Georgia area there are having the time of their lives, and I could see Poston actually joining that crew this week at 45-1. I've got to one and a half points each whale on him. Because, you know, you're not going to find him on strokes gain T to green metrics, but my God, you're going to find him on strokes gain putting metrics. And actually, over the last eight weeks on tour, or, you know, I run these across both tours, to be fair, he ranks in this field, uh, where is he? 11th for strokes going total. Mm, excellent. 66-1, to one. I couldn't believe it. 45-1, to one, I'm more than taking it. So just to throw that in there, Paul, JT Poston's 11, Lucas Glover is 13 for strokes gained current four. Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. Uh, top five, Ludwig Aberg, who I think a lot of people will be on, Eric Cole, Ryan Fox and Sepp Strucker, and then five is Mark Hubbard, who threw in a T9 for me when I needed the top eight last week. He's playing some great golf as well, isn't he, Hubbard? hmm He'll be desperately trying to get in that top fifty. That's that's Hubbard's goal. So I've got Hoygaard at forty to one. I've got Poston at forty-five to one. I've got another forty-five to one shot. Adam Hadwin. I've got that with Bet three six five eight place each way forty-five to one on Adam Hadwin. Fourth and second at the Rocket Mortgage Classic. Love that. He's got a great record at TPC Summerlin where they play the Shriners. He's got a decent record at Colonial. I mean, these are these are venues that, uh, going back to Kenny Perry, had great records at. He's finished fourth and sixth here, and he was second in that playoff behind Ricky Fowler two outings ago. I was surprised to see forty-five to one about Hadwin. To be honest, mm. I thought he'd be shorter than that. But I suppose they can't all be short, can they? No. Nah. But he's just the kind of guy that pops up, isn't he, on scorable events that tend to be bent grass in the main. I know he won his only event at Copperhead on Bermuda grass. But there's also there's also this narrative recently, isn't there? Players that haven't won for a long while getting victories. I mean, Brian Harmon last week, Grio a few weeks ago. There's been a number of them. And Hadwin would be in that category 100%. Only one victory, and that was in 2017 on the at the Valspar. But there's no reason why I couldn't see Hadwin getting in the mix this week. Because he's that sort. Scorable events. He hasn't got power off the tee, but what Hadwin is at the moment is pretty straight off the tee. Didn't go to the British Open. Didn't go to the Scottish Open. Just been biding his time keeping his game sharp over in Scottsdale where he lives i could see Hadwin going very well so hadwin poston hoyegaard nikolai variety and cam young for me i've got a 200 to 1 chance as well any more for you baron i
1: i do i have one that i've just just well i've fleshed out so um he hits the hits the spot on the driving um, distance and accuracy. It's Kevin Yu can't put to save his life, but you never know, could be his week. So, um, he's shortened into just under 100 to 1, but I'll, I'll still take a winner at 90s or even a place at 90s if it can happen.
0: Paul and I, are, we're Kevin Yu fans, aren't we, Paul? We love him
2: statistically. He pops up in a lot of stuff, doesn't he? Mm. It's um. I can see why he's, you know, I can see why you've gone him. I can see why he's been um, popular and backed in this week. So, I mean,
1: he should have a bunch of chances this week. He's second in greens and regulation percentage on mm. tour. So, if yeah. if if he can, yeah, if he can figure out which way to put, he'll be fine. You listen to this
0: though, Barry. These are his full field strokes gain numbers for putting last four events. One hundred thirty sixth. Ouch. 152nd, ouch, I was on him that week. You'd be surprised hear. <laughs> then, for some bizarre reason, he went to the John Deere Classic. Not that that was bizarre, but this is bizarre. First for strokes game putting. And then went to the Barbasol the week after. Yeah, 154th. <laughs> Lost over six strokes putting. So 136, 152, first 154. A bizarre... But you'd you'd like that you'd like that John Deere Classic buying performance, wouldn't you? That'd be beautiful.
2: That's the game
0: for you. Because Kevin, Yu, T to greens, amazing. Yeah. Very good player. Yeah, don't, don't 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 hate that at all. What about you, Paul? Um,
2: yeah, I've got three longer prices. Uh, review I've backed hundred to one. Uh, two, is, two of his three wins have come in post-major weeks. He won the twenty or two thousand and eight Canadian Open after the Open Championship, and twenty nineteen he won the Travelers after the uh, after the U.S. Open. He was defending the Barracuda last week, finishing a tie for fifty fifth. That was a poor final round. I can forgive him that defending not not too much of an issue in my mind. Before that, fourth at the Travelers, that was in decent company. 29th at the Rocket Mortgage, 35th at the John Deere Classic. The numbers in there that really caught my eye was first for strokes going approach at the Rocket, and fifth for strokes going approach at the John Deere Classic. And those seem fairly key stats given the uh, the numbers you ran through in your in your preview. Um, 11th here in 2021, he was fourth going into Sunday that year, so has a bit of course form as well. Perhaps he can strike a blow for. Um, you know, another blow for the shorter hitters out there, Chez Reeve. Uh Going back to this um, post-major performance, and um, I can't take the credit for all this work because it goes back to some numbers that Dave Tyndall pulled out a couple of years ago. Um, but he talked about sh- and backed Stuart Sink post-major, I think it was at the Heritage two or three years ago, um, having looked at his previous post-major performances. And if you dig through his history, Stuart Sink, um, he's got an incredible um, set of uh, statistics. Having played a major championship the year, uh, the, the week before, so go back to '96, he won the Ozarks Open after the U.S. Open. '97, he won the Greater Hartford Open after the Open Championship. He's won the Heritage three times after the Masters. Um, he won the 2004 WGC NEC Championship after the PGA Championship, and he won the Travelers, Champion- Cham- Travelers Championship in 2008. After the U.S. Open, um, it just happens time and time again. Now, twenty third last week at the Open Championship, that's you know in in better yeah. company. That's the decent performance for Stuart Sink, yeah. um, and uh, you yeah, know he's been playing some reasonable stuff on the Senior Tour as well. Third at the Senior PGA, seventh at the cool League Companies Championship, another one of their um, their majors. Uh, he could be playing the Senior Open this week, and has chosen to come over and play the Three M Open instead. Now, I think that sends a very strong signal that he thinks he can compete, knows he can compete. He can still make the PGA Tour playoffs if he uh, he has a decent week this 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 week. So, one hundred and seventy five to one for Stuart Sink. I thought mm-hmm. was a good. Each way
0: punt. Yeah, my question was going to be, Paul, why isn't he playing the senior? And you just answered it. Okay, that's interesting because he did play some good golf last week, didn't he? He did. Yeah, he yeah. hit my radar. Sink. He's
2: um, he's he's made a conscious decision to come over and play the three M, and that's um, hmm. well, he he must reasonably think that he can go well and potentially win it. And you know, there's there's still the chance that he makes the playoffs. So why not? Um, and that must that can't have been an easy decision. He's he's had, he's had to ponder that one. So
0: well, that's a great segue for me actually onto my final tip because you look here at the winning prices. Okay, fourteen mm. to one favourite Tony Fina. Granted, so I I backed the fourteen to one favourite this week, and he's not going to go off favourite, but that's where I was at. But then the other three, Champ, one hundred and fifty to one, Thompson, one hundred and twenty five to one. Wolf, 175 to 1. So that's three winners, 125, 150, 175 of this tournament. So it did make me think it'd be a good idea to get some longer prices in there. Now, you've clearly gone down that route as well. You've covered off a few. The number that grabbed me on this particular individual was, and I was desperately writing as quickly as I could to get this tip done because it was my final tip and he was sitting there at 400, yes, 400 to 1. And then clearly I email the tip to you, you build the page and literally with about two minutes to go, 400 to 1 becomes 200 to 1. But I'll still take it. Eric Van Ruen. Wife's from Minnesota. He went to Minnesota University for his education. He's known to use Minnesota as a training base in the summer. And he's in desperate need. He's in desperate, desperate, desperate need to do something. Because he's going to lose his PGA Tour card at the end of the year if he keeps going through his funk. And you get this with certain winners, don't you? You know, you get you get your Ricky Fowler's that put thirty three top tens together before falling over the line, and then you get others that can just win from nowhere. And there's just mm. been a a little hint of something with Van Ruin, sixty eighth at the Scottish Open. He then had to fly back all the way to California for the Barracuda. Because he didn't get into the Open Championship field, that shows you the funk that Van Rooyen's in. I mean, this is a this is an old a player that used to be in the top fifty in the world and getting invites to any tournament he wanted to play globally. He then finished sixth at the Barracuda last week, and it was just the way he finished sixth because he ended up shooting ten points and fourteen points across Saturday and Sunday, and he was clearly playing some very nice golf. And back door to top six. I'm just looking at his strokes gain numbers from last week. Because there were strokes gain numbers of it, actually. Even though um, they well they're, they're, they were visible on certain um, data outlets. He was 15th for approach across the week. He was 16th for tee to green. And he was 40th for putting. Amazingly enough, though, Van Royen was actually third for putting on Sunday. So... It just feels to me a game where a little bit of confidence starting to flow. Coming to a 3M Open that he's got family ties to, a connection with. He'll see this as his kind of home event in in a, in the United States. I just couldn't believe 400 was out there, but I take the 200. So 200 to 1 on Eric Van Ruen. who actually, you look at his record, he's always been a very sparky sort, the sort that can literally put one or two decent performances together and then falls off a cliff. Yeah. So I'm just hoping mm. that he can do hold that together for four rounds this week and actually because he needs to because he's he's right on the cut line. I think he's outside. I don't know. He's, he's I think he's about 127 in the FedEx Cup. Mm. So yeah, that's me. Van Royen is my last tip. Is that us done?
2: I've got one more. Um, I've got a, a similar story to you with Van Royen actually. Um I backed James Hahn at 175 to one quite mm-hmm. early on yesterday, and then during the afternoon, um, William Hill put him up at 300 to one with eight places. So I, I had to, <laughs> I had to, I had to back him again. So I've kind of doubled up with James Hahn, but I, I couldn't resist that. It, it didn't last long, and again, he's back down to that kind of 150, 175 bracket um, in most places. But I, that was a mad price in my mind. He's always underestimated, isn't he, James Hahn? Um, won a couple of times on the tour but I think he's better when he's at his best he's better than many of the players here best finish of the year last week sixth at the uh, Barracuda Uh, and that's a year on from his best finish in 2022 which was here at the 3M Open when he finished fourth and he's for me he's hitting the ball much straighter in the last uh, 12 months or so he was fifth for Greens in regulation at the John Deere Classics. That was a positive. 17 birdies, a couple of eagles last week. Mm. Um, scoring well, I, for me, at that price on offer, absolutely no reason not to take a, a small each-way chance on him, James Harner. Well, I say 175 to 1 is where, you, where you're going to get him right now. But that's I think that's still a nice price for a player with that combination of current form and event form, course form to to look at as well.
0: It was a weird market this week. There were players that yeah. I really liked that I thought would be would be far bigger. And then I'm looking at them and they're like 80 to 1. And then you've got other players that are just at, at crazy prices like that one. Hahn, by the way, I'll, I'll go through his strokes game numbers for the listeners. 23rd for off the tee, 9th for approach. He was 8th for tee to green last week at the Barracuda. Mm. So yeah, playing some his tee to green numbers have been eye catching of late. Yeah, so yeah. he's actually starting to make some putts, which is good.
2: And he can win. He, you know, he's one of these guys <laughs> yeah. who can get over the line.
0: Yeah. yeah, there's plenty in this field that can't. Mm. I think that's us then, chaps. Yeah, good show.
2: Indeed, yeah.
0: I know it was a post Open hangover, a post Majors hangover, but you know, there's plenty of good golf to look forward to. So yeah. listeners, stick with us. It could As have been
1: more towards it could the have, Ryder Cup. Just think it could have been a tougher conversation. it could have been a tougher conversation. We could have been talking about Rory. Oh <laughs> you know, Yeah. Silver linings and all that. I'm quite looking
0: forward to the playoffs because I've got a couple of bets already that I know I'm going to put up for the first FedEx Cup event. I can just see it. You know, I, I had that Ricky Fowler premonition. Mm-hmm. I've been talking to Paul about this. I've got a premonition for the uh, Southwind event, of, and there's two players that I must back already for that event. So I don't, I don't mind stuff like that.
2: No, no, no. If, if your mind's made up, and that's uh, yeah, exactly. Not, not such a bad thing.
0: Right. Thank you for your, uh, thank you for your time, chaps. Um, I hope your bets go well.
2: Yeah. Best of luck, boys. You too, boys.
0: I hope the listeners' bets go, well, if you stayed with us this long, of course, follow the pod. Uh, if you could give us a five-star review on Apple, that would be fabulous. If you could press the five-star button on Spotify, that would be even better because that gets us close to 500 five-star reviews on Spotify. And we'll see you again next week. What Have you
2: got an event next week, Paul? No, not, nothing in the schedule now until the second week of August, apparently. Okay.
0: We'll be back for the Wyndham Championship next week. See you soon. Cheers. If you like
2: betting on golf,
0: but everyone that your back misses the cut, get some experts involved with all the stats and the tips and so much more. Cause it's the golf betting system, the golf betting system is the golf.